Welcome to season six of Paper Talk, where we talk about tips and tricks on navigating and building your small creative business. I'm Quinn Wynn of Pinga Mosey. I'm Jesse Chu of Crafted to Bloom. And I'm Sarah Kim of Handmade by Sarah Kim. In season six, we'll be sharing our experiences and insights on running a small creative business from managing finances to building your brand. We'll also be interviewing other small business owners and experts in the field to get their perspectives and advice. So join us as we dive into the world of small creative businesses and help you take it to the next level. We're going to talk one of my favorite topics, crafting supplies. This is everything we could possibly want or use and a few extra things about how to make paper flowers. Of course, for making paper flowers, either cardstock or crepe paper, you need scissors, you need glue, and you need paper. So I'll talk about crepe paper flowers for a second. My vendors that I love to use, which is Cart Finney out in California for the United States. He has all the most amazing Italian crepe paper in all the different weights from 40, 60, 90, 180, 140, the coated ones and all the ranges of colors, which is pretty amazing. He also carries pan pastels. He also carries Kai scissors and glue, which is almost like your one-stop shop, which is absolutely amazing. Another competitor that lives in California is Paper Mart. Paper Mart in the past year and a half has started carrying Carnotechnica Rossi crepe paper. So you can also buy it there too. I love supporting Mike because Mike has always been a huge supporter for crepe paper flowers. And to me, supporting someone that I know and trust and believe in is a bigger thing for me. But I've also have ordered from Paper Mart. Paper Mart, I would say, has amazing selections on different types of wires. But I would say their downside is their shipping costs. If you ever ordered from Paper Mart outside of California, because if you're in California, Southern California, you can actually go in. I think you could pick yeah, it up. Yeah, you could pick it up. Yeah. But since I live in Seattle, I have to pay for shipping. And sometimes shipping can be up to $100, $200, depending on the, the amount of weight and also the size that you have to ship everything out. So do keep that in mind and don't be surprised on the shipping costs when you do ship with Paper Mart. I would say Mike is a little bit better on the shipping costs. It's not as crazy. And also look for deals. I feel like when there's a special holidays, Mike is always out there with a 20% coupon. So if you ever have a huge project lined up, he's so customer service focused that I just love that. And then for my German crepe paper, my favorite vendor is with Michelle and Bob who owns rosebill.com. And they are an amazing, wonderful couple. I've got to know them throughout the years. We've had them on the podcast. Order from them because not only do they sell crepe paper, they also have these beautiful vintage embellishments and ribbons and just a whole bunch of like spun cottons. If you need that, they also carry beautiful spun cotton too for making snowberries, for creating the center of roses. Because sometimes, if you know, you need to have that form inside the rose to be able to create that rosebud and the rose coming out. So that's something that's really fun. So those are my go-to for in the United States. I know in Canada, Jesse loves the paper place, which is in Toronto. And they're one of the few places that import both German and Italian crepe paper. How about you, Sarah? Where do you source your cardstock paper? I probably source all my paper from so many different places. I actually do buy them from Michael's or Joann's. I want to say my favorite green color. It's from like their open cardstock section, but they do get pricey. So you want to find them when they have a sale. 
when they have 10 for a dollar or something oh, like that's that. that's a good they, price. I think it can get as cheap as that. But on the most part, if you just buy it on a regular day, it's going to be a dollar a sheet of paper, which is not worth the cost. And you can buy that in bulk through a company called 12 by 12 Cardstock. And that's someone that I've been partnering with. And you can find a discount code that I have. I think it's Sarah Kim 10. And you can buy bulk amount of cardstock paper through them. And they have a big wide range of colors in cardstock paper. So you can find that there. And then, yeah, I ha- I do Michael's and Joanne's if I just need to get a like a random color that I need or something like that. But on the most part, I would probably stock up through 12 by 12 cardstock shop and it's an online store. So you do have to see if you like the colors or not based on online. I don't know if it's like that for you, but I do love like looking at it, touching it and being in person yes. and in the moment. Uh-huh. So I am that type of shopper, although like it's getting harder and harder to be like that in general, like even with clothes or whatever. But I do like to go in person yeah, for the most part. Definitely. hundred percent. I think it's always been hard for crepe paper because it was never available in person. I think the only in person that you could find was the Leah Griffin German crepe paper. But that was always packaged yeah. and you can really open it in the store. And it's like a kit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I... And I think I've seen that at Paper Source. Mm -hmm. And that's also a store that I like to go to when I purchase different types of colors. And I think you can buy in bulk there too. And they actually have different size papers too. So I do like that Mm -hmm. too. And I know that's different from crepe paper because we're very limited to size. We only have letter size, then 12 by 12, and then maybe 12 by 19. I think that's like the next big size. And I'm sure you can get bigger paper probably online. But again, I, I like to buy things like, you know, when I look yes. at it and when I feel <laughs> it. So it is just different. And I actually did experiment with, uh, what is it called? Butcher paper. Oh, yeah. So that's actually interesting. It's like cardstock paper, but just thinner. Mm-hmm. So if you do add acrylic paint onto it, it does make it a little bit thicker. It feels a little bit more sturdier. So I do experiment with just all sorts of different like paper weight when it comes to like cardstock type of paper. I don't use anything that hard, like heavyweight cardstock paper. I don't really use that type of paper. But yeah, the heaviest paper I want to say is an 80 pound paper that I use. But anything thicker than that, at least for cardstock paper, it's harder to cut and manipulate. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how it is for you guys, because you did mention that you have a hundred pound Crepe paper is that? What yeah, you said? so it's 180 crepe paper, and it's actually uh-huh. about it's the weight of the paper, but also the creping of the paper, and okay, so that's okay. when they talk about that implies along with the, how much mm-hmm. the paper weighs, but it's all about the creping of the paper for us. And so, yeah, for me, it's just a flat sheet of paper. So the thicker it is, like I can't like cup it, I can't you know round it out, things like that, and even just cutting it's much more painful. I feel when it's just a thick piece of cardstock paper. Yeah. What is your choice of weight? I use just text weight and it's 65 cardstock paper. And that's usually the standard one, I want to say. If I could find it thinner, I would go because it's easier on my hands. But when it's thinner, it's like they only have like neon. I never find cute, thin paper. Mm -hmm. 
So you just need to do like your own research on or like you go to Michael's or Joanne's, but they're usually heavy cardstock paper, I want to say. Actually, I want to, I, I take that back. Michael's recently came up with a thinner packet of cute colors. Oh. I, I just bought it actually. And I liked that because again, I like to be able to manipulate the paper, but it's a lot more work the thicker. The, so yeah. you, you should check that out. Yeah, because they do have thinner paper. And before they came up with that, the only paper you can find is at like Staples and it's like the copy paper. So it's always like fluorescent or, but actually one of my favorite white paper that I did my big project with, it was a packet from Staples. That's awesome. Yeah. It's odd because I compared all the white cardstock paper that I could find. And for whatever reason, that Staples brand white cardstock paper was like a little bit warmer, Mm -hmm. just a little bit. So when I make the flower and it's formed together, it didn't have that copy white paper. Whereas all the other white cardstock paper that I have, it was either off, which is too yellow or fluorescent white. We don't want that. Like bleach white. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was really hard to find white paper. So if you guys are looking for a white paper, you can find that at Staples. I know it's like really random. (laughs) That's awesome. I did my comparing. That was definitely like a week of adventure (laughs) of trying to find the perfect white paper. (laughs) Things you never knew we had to go through to find the perfect shade of color. Yeah, definitely. And white is such a hard one because you don't want to paint it. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So you have to make sure you have a good white. So I do have my favorite white and I have my favorite off-white. And then on top of that, I do manipulate like the colors by painting it, dyeing it, whatever you can think of trying to make color onto that. So I do customize my color, but I would say if I could find a perfect color, I would buy it. I agree. It's so much easier. Yeah. And I do have my big stack of paper that I've collected over the years. And uh, yeah, but I I would say my favorite way to get the right color would have to be eventually add some type of color onto like a yellow. If it's a yellow color and if you want it to just be a little bit warmer or like darker, then you could add more color onto the yellow. So speaking of which, I do use like different types of paints. I do use like acrylic paint. I use gouache paint. And I do like a brand called I think it's called Heap. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I think it's like a Chinese brand yeah. off of Amazon and they have really cute colors. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to sit there and mix colors. Yeah. They'll just have cool, like nice colors, trendy colors. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that, then you have to sit there and mix like different types of colors. And you have to mix then, a lot you know, you, because when you yeah, do it. Because if you do it again, yeah, you're going to have to come up with the same exactly. color. Yeah. So I would say I did have that somewhere on my supply list. So if you guys, I'll link it for you guys on the show notes here, but I do have that on my supply list too, where I like to find my favorite gouache Mm -hmm. paint. Yeah, same here. It's just so interesting. I feel very fortunate crepe paper can absorb and you can wash it in water. You can dye it with tea, with a vegetable dye, or you can paint it with acrylic oil, the gouache, the watercolor, it just absorbs and holds the color really well. And the great Mm -hmm. thing, the Italian crepe paper has hundreds of colors, which is really wonderful. But when you're making flowers, a petal itself is not one single color. 
there is yeah. some colors inside that there could be white, could be yellow, could be a little bit red, green. There's so many different colors. And I feel like having these additional color medium with pan pastels or soft pastels or hard pastels or chalk even, there's so many different ways to color the, our paper, both cardstock and crepe paper, that it just mm-hmm. takes your art to that next level. Focus on yeah. those tiny little details. I think that's the dividing line between a beginner. Because I remember when I first started, I was really afraid to color the paper because one, to me, the paper was so beautiful and I do not have an art background. So it was a hurdle for me to actually start using color and manipulating the paper and running it through water. I was really scared about that. But when once I jumped and did it, it just opened the doors to so many new different things techniques. And I've loved learning from all these other watercolor masters like Sarah Simon and just watching all these YouTube channels on how to color with gouache, how to work with pan pastels, because pan pastels, they come in hundreds of colors and the way that you would blend things, the different brushes or sponge that you would apply it to the crepe paper. It just makes a big difference on how the outcome of the, that you're creating comes out. So it's just really interesting. And it is always a learning process. I might use the same watercolor, the same color, but with varying water levels of having a thicker color or more heavy pigment. And it's interesting because watercolor, there's a different variations. There's really high quality one where it's heavily pigmented and there's really cheap ones that you can get for kids to play around and it's very light. And I feel like they both have a purpose. If you're doing big batches of color washes, go with a cheaper one because you just need a little bit of color and not have to worry about getting those details. And then of course, there's alcohol markers, there's regular markers, and then Crayola has the following magic, which I absolutely love to forming like the snowberries to creating those grapes or other pieces that you need to finesse the center, like the poppies. I feel like when you want to create that texture And it's really hard to do with paper. Think outside the box a little bit and see how you can play around with clay because you see these videos of people doing clay flowers and they look so amazing. It just astounds me on how people can manipulate that so well. Do you want to talk about coloring on your site? Anything you want to add? Yeah, I I feel like that's probably similar to what I do. I do feel like you have to experiment a lot with just different ways of coloring your paper because like you were saying, it, it also makes it like slightly different when you put a little bit of water or a lot more water. You could also add water into your gouache paint. And then if you do use acrylic, I know that you're not supposed to put water into it, but you could still manipulate your acrylic paint, mix it up or not mix it up, right? It's There's so much to it, but you have to take your time in experimenting with that because it is going to be different by just even a stroke or the type of paintbrush you use or whatever other type of supplies you use to add your color onto it. Because I feel like sometimes like a flat brush will look different from the rounded brush or a sponge. I even use like the craft sponge yes. onto it, like a paintbrush, but it's like craft. Yeah, so I I did experiment a lot with that. And I have a designated day for my schedule to do all of that first. Mm -hmm. 
So it's not in the way and it's not something that I could spill or whatever. So all of that in one day and then I clean it all out and then I work on my flowers. So I would say you batch work all your coloring and then make your flowers. But that's the best way to do it just because, like you said, your flowers are never like a solid color. There's going to be ombre colors. And I love that each petal is like slightly different. That's my favorite part. For me, I make a lot of my flowers actually with the Cricut and the Silhouette. And it's really hard to make your flowers look unique when it is machine cut. And so I do pride in myself just with the fact that my petals are actually all different, even in my template. And I try to provide like different versions of the same flower. Like I'll have the first version petal and a second version petal so you can like mix and match. But I feel like not only do you have to cut it differently, you also have to paint it or add color slightly differently. Mm -hmm. I That's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of just different ways to add. But at least for cardstock paper, I feel like it's harder, even harder to make sure that's going to be slightly different because the way we shape it, I want to say it's like a little bit more identical. So it makes the flowers look all the same or all the petals look the same. Whereas I feel like when you're manipulating crepe paper, like you could have like different, I don't know, like things that will shape it differently. But for cardstock paper, like when I shape it, I shape it with a stylus ball. It will almost shape it identical. Like I can't not do that. I feel like that in that sense, then I have to change up the colors. I have to change up the the shapes and change up different things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. One of the things in my shaping tools is an owl and I, there's many different types. So I, the cheapest one that I've found is actually an orange stick that you would do with your nails. It comes in 200 a pack for only a couple bucks, but I can use it to apply glue, to shape it, to paint it, to make, and then if it gets ruined, I just toss it and move on to the next one. And it's just an easy, cheap tool because I do have a, like a metal owl that I have, but I always misplace it because I'm working on a project here and there and suddenly I put it down and I forget about it. And so it's just easier for me to have hundreds of sticks around. And if it's usable, I'll use it. If it's not, I'll toss it and then it goes into the trash mm-hmm. and then I grab a new one. But that's one of the coolest tools that I actually use besides manipulating the paper by cupping it with my fingers, which will give you a lot. But when you are working with rose petals is a good example. When the outer petals curl underneath, it's hard to do it with your fingers. So you need like a wooden skewer or an owl to actually be able to curl that petal and to hold its shape. And the cool thing about the crepe paper, it does hold its shape very well. There's like a memory imprint when you do certain things to the crepe paper, which is so wonderful without seeing its integrity. I use like a metal stick. I want to say it's like a, it's like a beading tool. I want to say it's like similar to what you're talking about, because it could be like when you add rhinestones to like transfer with glue, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, but it's just like a metal stick. But honestly, like at my workshops and stuff, I give out like a wooden stick, like a skewer. Yeah, I, it is harder to definitely manipulate uh, shaping with cardstock paper. So that's always something that I'm like working on. And like, I feel like the cut of it is fine. It could work, but it's always the way it shapes or the way it flows. And I did have a flower that I 
had on my list recently. Gosh, I don't remember what it's called, but it like cups out the rose petal you're seeing. And in my head, I'm like, how can I do that? Like, how can I make it so that it really shapes out like that? So that's always definitely something that I'm working on. And at least for my part, like I'm always doing tutorials that go along with my templates and stuff. So I have to make sure that it's something that's also beginner friendly in a sense. I don't want people to have to stress out about it. Like I, I do want it to be like somewhat easy, but it's hard to think of a way like to make it look like that, but be easy at the same time. Yeah. And one of the flowers that I'm actually pretty proud about with cardstock paper is the daffodil. Oh, yeah. So I feel like for the crepe paper artists, they have an advantage because you could definitely make it rounded like a cup, yeah. right? The, the, the yes. talking about the center. And then the, the tip of the cup kind of curls. Up. And I was like, how do I make that work <laughs> through cardstock paper? And I actually made it so that it cut like my template that you could purchase for the daffodil, the bottom. It's like a, it's a strip of paper. And on the bottom, there's little V. And then that, that V is what you have to glue and shape so that eventually when you turn it into a cylinder, it does cut into a U shape. And there is a technique that you can do with that to make sure that even the tip will also curl out even though while it's curled Uh out. I felt like it was pretty beginner friendly, at least on my tip, but that was definitely like on my list for a really long time. How do I make it with cardstock? Because I I feel like a lot of the tutorials out there, a lot of the paper version of it was crepe paper. But I was like, oh, but I think it's because crepe paper, you could technically like shape it and make it curl in. And then curl out the top. Yeah. So that's definitely a hard for cardstock. Yeah. But yours is beautiful. I've seen it. So good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about glue. What's your favorite glue? And when you have heavier cardstock, do you use hot glue gun to glue it together? And the lighter, I'm assuming the text, you would just use regular white glue? Yeah. So I do use hot glue most of the time. And I had mentioned this so many times because my favorite hot glue gun is the Martha Stewart one and it's discontinued. I'm really sad about that. Yeah, if mine breaks, like I'm going to be really sad. I think I have one extra backup, but like it's pretty sad because the reason why I really like it is because the hot is really hot, but the slightly less hot one, they have a temperature control thing. The less hot one is like still hot enough, but not it won't burn me. Oh, that's good. And then the extra hot will burn me, but it's good to have that as an option for when I'm doing giant. Because when it's not hot enough, by the time you glued the whole petal, like it's dried on the other side. So having the two options is really nice. And that specific glue gun is just the perfect amount of like temperature for me. Whereas I tested out so many different hot glue guns and they're all either too hot, too cold. Like there's just, it's just not perfect for me. Have you tried the Gorilla Glue gun? I have. And I felt like that one was too hot for me. (laughs) It spits out glue when I have it on. So I wasn't. Do you have the one with the two settings? They have a cooler one. And the hot yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So the cooler one to me wasn't hot enough. Oh. And then the hot one, it spits out. Uh-huh. So I just felt like. It was too mm, much. I didn't, yeah. But I did. I, the only reason why I bought that one is because it has the fine. So I do like that idea. Yeah. But it just, maybe I'm just used to mine. Yeah. Like you're always. Yes. Your own yes. Yeah. 
So maybe I just knew, oh, this is the amount of time I have exactly. to glue whatever, you know, I don't know. But I do have yeah, it. I do have a favorite glue gun and they don't make it anymore. I'm very sad. It's a, a super high end ad tech. When I purchased it, oh. it was expensive. It was, I want to say $45 for this glue gun. Really? But every person that have used it has, what is this glue gun? It was really amazing. It had several different types. Of, it is a bigger one for sure. Oh, and you would okay. definitely need the okay. larger glue stick versus the mini one. I have that. Oh, you do. Yeah. And that does, I do yeah. like it, but it's only because it, but then I don't like it because it's big. Yeah. Because it's like too bulky. It for is my very hands. bulky. But for okay, the okay. large amount of stuff that I've been able to do, it's like yeah. quick and easy. It's always hot. It's ready to go. I never have to wait for it to melt the glue so I can start on the next yeah, thing. Because yeah. I'm a speedy, systematic worker. So I like to have things yeah. lined up and I'm just like, ma'am, here we go. I agree. And that's why I like the glue gun. But I do use uh, white glue too. And I have talked about that in the past, but my white glue that I like is this glitter glue and it's called, I think it's called glitter glue, yeah. art, artist glitter glue. Can you buy it and at the Michael? reason why I like it? No, you can just buy it at, you can only buy it on Amazon and it's a very small company, I want to say. It's not that big. The reason why I like it, to me, it dries faster and I think it depends on what you're using it for because sometimes you don't want it to dry so yeah. fast, right? But when I'm doing it for like my workshops and I need it to dry fast and my students are not patient yeah. enough to hold it down, that was the real purpose of why I found it. I want to say maybe like sometimes it's not necessary for it to dry fast, mm -hmm. right? Like you just let it sit there on the side and, until it dries. Yeah, I do that glue just because it dries faster and dry, it, it dries clear. It dries as clear as other glues. Okay, that's good to know. I'm going to yeah. add that to my shopping list. I did test out so many different types of glue in the past, though. I, and I'm sure, again, everybody has their own pace of work and why they like certain types of glue. But I would say if you get the chance, you can try out like all the different brands out there. I did use a recent one, I think, through a brand called Tombow, which is funny that they use, they're known for markers, but they have glue and it's actually pretty good. I like the bottle of it because it grips onto your hands, whereas your typical glue that you see, like the tacky glue, it's, it's a cylinder. Just like, it's just a cylinder. Yeah. I want to say that one, it had like a grip. Oh, so I nice. like that. I'll have to check that one out. I did not know Tombow had glue. Yeah, I think it was actually through a project that I had and they wanted me to use. So I was like, okay. And then uh, it, it was a good one, but it doesn't dry as fast still for me. I think I'm very impatient about drying. You're probably a quick worker. And yet I'm a very quick worker. And I always say to my students in my workshops, I'm like, little bit of glue. Because when you put a lot, it's going to take longer for it to exactly. dry. And you're just soaking paper, yeah. then it's going to have a hard time drying. Exactly. Yeah, so. And the flower will wilt yeah. in your hand as you look at it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Aline's mm -hmm. tacky glue is my favorite. I think it's just the pace that I'm at. And also... I can lay out at least 10 to a dozen petals at a time and just glue dot the whole thing and then be able to put it together quickly. And it has a tackiness that even if I wanted to move it slightly, when I tack it on, I could still uh -huh. move it. So I like that saving grace time. That's crucial though, because yeah. hot glue gun, you do not have saving no, time. No, you do not. <laughs> Stuck forever unless you rip it apart. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> or if you wanted to take a like a blow dryer 
and just hold it for a second to let the glue melt. Oh, and make it warm yes. again. And then you can yeah. slide over and then put on the cold blast to seal it up again. Blow dryers, things you didn't know you need in your craft. I have used blow dryer too before. Yeah, so if you're painting certain things and you're working like you want it to dry quickly to be able to work it, I'll just have a blow dryer next to me. I'll just blow dry it to dry it up so I can start adding the next coat or manipulating whatever yeah. I need to do. So yeah, blow dryer. I have an old one that I just has tons of paint on it. And it's just there for my like craft stuff. I have the fan on actually in the background if I want things to dry faster and then it'll just move the fan and it helps. I feel Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I did. For the next one, I actually wanted to talk about the Crooked or the Silhouette. And that's totally my thing. I love using, I, I still love incorporating it even though I do cut and I do enjoy cutting like by hand. But I feel like the Crooked and Silhouette, it really changed my whole thing with cardstock paper, doing small, intricate details. Yes. So one of my first flowers that I experimented on the Crooked or Silhouette was something that I felt like I could not humanly make by scissors. And it was the Queen Anne's Lace. And that was my first flower that I made through the Crooked. I've seen actually people make it out of paper like that they cut. But they actually do it like fringes. But I felt like when I was studying that flower, they were not fringes. No. They were little tiny flowers in on their own. So it looks like little flowers, a bunch of little flowers on their own little stem. And so I was like, oh, okay, now I could take advantage of the Crooked or Silhouette and cut the smallest little details that I can't humanly cut. <laughs> yes. So I made a design with a bunch of that. To me, they look like stems, but basically it looks like an X or a T, like a letter X or a T. And then I put little small flower shapes on the ends. And then eventually when you pile them up and you have their own little shape on there, it to me, that's what I thought looked like a Queen Anne's lace. And that was my first ever template that I've ever made and sold. Yay! And I actually did not know what I was doing. So I was emailing the file per wow where I <laughs> automate everything. Yeah, I didn't know how to do that. But now I finally figured it out. I do have hundreds of templates now out there that I have launched and released on my website. But in the beginning, I didn't really even know how to even make the template. The way I would actually do it was I would take a picture of it or I would, what's it called, copy it and then copy it through like my printer, scan yeah. it, and then upload it <laughs> and then make out the outline through like Photoshop and Illustrator. Like I would try to figure it out through the shape that I scanned on my printer. Now I use my iPad and I would draw my flowers and then I would upload it onto my like Cricut Design Space or my Silhouette. So it is much easier to make now, at least for me. I want to say it has still helped a lot when it comes to little details that I can't cut. And that's probably my favorite part yeah. to it. And the bigger flowers like a rose or like the peony, I actually still hand cut most of my petals that are bigger. But like the small ones, like I, it's just so much. So I do like to say it's a pretty good one for small details. And I haven't tried it with crepe paper, but I want to say even with crepe paper, even though you could use it on the Cricut, it's still going to be tricky because you have to peel it off. And I don't know what 
happens to the crepe, like the, what, what is it called? The crepe. The crepe yeah, part. the creping. Yeah. So I don't know what happens when you pull that off a sticky. Uh-huh. I don't have a Cricut and I know the Cricut maker will let you cut the crepe paper with that machine, but I've never done it because I feel like I'm just so much faster because you have to have yeah. the crepe paper a certain dimension because you can't leave it as a giant roll and feed it through. No. You have to cut it smaller. Then you have to place it perfectly in that little area. Then you have to make sure it's tacked on perfectly and then you feed it through and then you have to have the design. I just find it's just so much faster if I can just cut it by hand. And and that is why I actually love cutting things by yeah. hand because I do cut. I feel like I cut faster too, even though it's cardstock paper. But at least for me, my favorite part about the Cricut and Silhouette was being able to make the small little flowers that I can't cut or that I prefer not to yeah. cut. But yeah, like when you like when it's a peony and the petal is like more than an inch, yes. like I could cut that by hand way faster than me peeling it off and putting it back on and doing that. But I, I want to say it does save my hands, though, when I do cut them through the Cricut. So that's the only thing like I it does take like an extra five minutes <laughs> to prep it. Yeah. But my hands will thank you. Like, thank me for <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just uh, there is pros and cons to it. And both the machines, I do use both Cricut and Silhouette. And there are pros and cons to both. And that is like, it's going to come down to what you prefer it for. But I want to say for paper flowers, either one works. The best part about it for cardstock paper is that you can cut the small little details that you don't want to cut yourself. Yeah. And again, my Queen Anne's lace, I feel like there's no way I can cut it. And there's no way that I could make it as good with the cutout that I cut. There are going to be a couple things that I feel like would be a good use to it. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Teeny tiny flowers like the Queen Anne lace or baby's breath. That would be a really good one to have it cut. Yeah. And I do using it for fern leaves. Yes, the baby hair fern. Yes. And I have a template for the cypress, like for Christmas. It's like a cypress leaf. And it definitely, when it is cut by the machine, and that's something I just can't cut by hand. I don't know if you've tried cutting a cypress leaf. I have not, but, then, but I've done parsley. Just, I've done the okay. poppy leaves where it has a, mm-hmm. a lace-like intention to the mm-hmm. foliage mm-hmm. part. And I actually enjoy that. I really enjoy cutting intricate designs just because I know that I don't have a machine. So I challenge myself to do it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> no, I And I have done that before too myself, but if I'm going to make a, a handful of them, I'm not going to cut them by hand. That's for sure. <laughs> and I did love um, adding that cypress leaf for my Christmas holiday workshop. Yeah. I gave them out to my students and I felt like that was just the perfect touch outside of like the pine needles and the punzerias. And that adding that like cypress, it really does make it a little bit more festive and trendy. I feel like that makes it trendy. Yes, I agree with you. And speaking about cutting machines, another thing that I really love is my guillotine cutter. So I've tried multiple ones and I would say the plastic guillotine cutter is a no in my book. It just can't cut through the Italian crepe paper because the Italian crepe paper comes in these giant rolls. And so I have to unfold it and then be able to fold it into a smaller rectangular piece and be able to slice it. 
but the Westcott wooden platform that you can cut. And I found the 12 inch was much better than the 18 inch. The 18 inch for some reason didn't have that leverage that the 12 inch guillotine cutter gave to me. And so even with the really large rolls, I just cut it through the 12 inch guillotine cutter. It was a huge saver because if you're looking for even petals or just cutting things so it's smaller so you can hand cut everything, just having it uniformly strips, that was a huge saver for me. I have one for doing it for my like workshops and stuff too. But the one that I have, I actually found it like through someone like a used one, but it's like a really vintage, like really old style look. So I had to actually get the knife part. What's it called? Resharpened. Yeah. Sharpened. And it works amazing. And it just has that like old style. And I feel like it works better because of it. Yeah. Because I feel like the newer ones, they're trying to be safe or they're trying to make it like smaller or like <laughs> just not as heavy duty. But that one, the one that I have, it's really heavy. And I can't do it on my desk because my desk, I have Ikea desks and they're not going to hold up the giant I have. Yeah. So I actually do it on the ground and then I have it cut and it works amazing. And I got it sharpened once and it's still amazing. So I feel like if you can find one like at a garage sale, uh-huh. that'd be pretty Do you know the brand a good of that woodcutter? I actually don't even know the brand. It's faded uh-huh. and like really heavy too. So you can't like, it's hard for me to carry it and put it on the ground. Yeah. That's good to know. Oh. Okay, let's talk about wires because you can't make paper flowers without wires, I feel like. So do you have a favorite wire and where do you source your wires? I do finding my wires just at Michael's and Joanne's on the most part because I could just go and find them like really quickly, like when I need them. But I actually did recently find one that I really like through Amazon and it's a green paper wrapped wire and it's an 18 gauge wire. And I did the fact that on Amazon, it's a little cheaper and you can find them in a huge bulk. I think I like that a lot right now, but the only downfall to me is that it's a 16, it's 16 inches. And the wire that I used to get at Michael's and Joanne's that I do, it's like a roll. Uh So I could make it as long as I want and then I just unroll it and then I could cut it. And yeah, I don't know. I'll have to go back and forth and maybe use some of the 16 inch ones if I'm making like a shorter flower and then customize the size with the roll for uh-huh. it. How do you yeah. bend your rolls? Because I've always thought if it came in a roll, it would be hard to bend it out straight for a stem. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like I just straighten it by hand. And it's not, good to know. It's not that bad. I'll have to try that. Yeah. And it's not like tightly wanted. Uh-huh. It's like it's still like in a circle. Yeah. So I feel like it rolls back out. I actually like it like that because it makes the flower at the end have its own shape and it looks a little wonky, but I like that. I actually think the 16 inch one that I did buy through Amazon is they're all straight. I love them straight. I'm going <laughs> to have to admit. I do love them straight, <laughs> but I feel like I'm going to have to unstraighten them myself. <laughs> so I don't know which one you prefer to have it unstraightened or first and then straighten it out. Or straight, but then unstraightened That's it out. True. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You'll have to work on yes. them. Yes. Okay. So I also love the paper cover one. And before COVID, we would go up to Vancouver, Canada and go to the Daiso and get these really inexpensive paper cover floor wires. And they came in, I want to say 22 and 26 and 30. 
So the on the lighter side, which is perfect because I was making like cherry blossoms or these smaller little flowers and they were great for doing foliages. And so that was an easy bulk purchase. And then COVID happened and we couldn't go up to Vancouver for a while. So I ended up buying my wires to Floral Supply Syndicate. They can buy it in bulk and they were so expensive. I think they were less than a penny each. And it came in this giant box and it was really inexpensive. And like, I want to say 500 to a thousand in a box for like pennies, less than a pennies. And that was another way. And they were naked wires. So if you didn't mind that, that was another great option. And then Amazon started carrying. And I want to say the brand that I love is called Decora, paper covered, paper wrap wires. And they would come in 18 or 26. And they were fantastic. And there, I want to say they were between three to five cents a wire. So a little bit more expensive, but in a pinch, if you want the paper cover one, it was great. Oh, and talking about wires to cut them, I will have to say, and you all heard me say it before, the Klaus wire cutter is my absolute favorite. You see me do demos and lives where I can take several 16 or 18 gauge wire and cut it with one hand in the small little mouth. It's absolutely amazing. I can cut wires with one hand and it's so easy. So if you ever need a good wire cut, it is an investment. I've seen as low as $28 to right now, I believe it's like $47 for the wire cutter. So just keep an eye on it, put in your basket, save it for later, and it will price watch for you and notify you when the price drops. And just keep checking it every once in a while because I've seen it really low. I have not seen it at Home Depot or at other places like in brick and mortars. And so you'll have to find online. I know my friend Alicia found several of them on eBay for I think $12. And I was like, please give it to me. And so she ended up selling it to me. I was like, thank you. I'm back up now. So yes. And I've given one to my dad because he's, he does a lot of wiring. And so I gave him one and he loves it too. I don't have a good wire cutter, so I'm going to have to look this up too. Yes, it's fantastic. And then I think that's all the different supplies that we use, right, Sarah? So if you guys have any other supplies that we haven't mentioned yet, uh, oh, I do want to do a shout out to Mod Posh. If you're looking to make shiny leaves or shiny petals, a light coat of Mod Posh. And I do what Sarah does where I have a day where I Mod Posh just rolls and rows mm-hmm. of duplets and just coat it and then have it dried on a rack. And then once it's dry, I'll layer it with parchment paper so it doesn't stick to itself. And then I just fold it away until I need it. And it saves me so much when I need to make like hundreds of foliages. All right. Sarah, to end our little episode, what is your favorite snacking thing? My favorite snack right now has to be the Asian sweet potatoes. I think they're like the Japanese sweet potatoes. Oh, those are so good. Yes. And the way I make them, I actually cut them after I cook them. I cut them up like into cubes and then I drizzle a little bit of honey and then I air fried. So it gets like coated and I don't know if it's like a Chinese thing or a Korean thing, but... I want to say like at a Chinese restaurant that I used to go to, they would give that as a dessert, uh-huh. or like a, a side dish. But that's like my favorite thing. It's, it's like a glazed sweet potato, little cubes. Oh, that, have you had them before? I have not had the honey glaze one, but I've eaten those yeah, Japanese potatoes. I think potatoes. they're honey glaze. Yeah. 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 Yum. And so they're, they're my favorite snack to make right now. So definitely try making them with honey and air fry them. Yeah, that's so good. How about you? 
What's your favorite snack right now? So my favorite snack right now is, so slicing up apples and pears as a snack has been really good because it's wintertime and I'm tired of citrus fruits because I've been eating citrus for the past month and a half. Me so too. I'm like, I need another yeah. fruit to eat. But I just love it with just peanut butter sometimes. That's really mm-hmm. good. And sometimes if I'm feeling on the sweet side, I'll actually drizzle honey on it and eat it with peanut butter to add the protein in, a little bit of sea salt. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. We really enjoy having you along with us and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.